I am Brett Witterbull sitting in for Jack and Joe on the Armstrong and Getty Show. It is so good to be spending this time with you as we get ready for a beautiful weekend, no doubt. And I'm happy to welcome uh, as my guest somebody with whom I, I've, I've had a, a very, very long and fruitful relationship uh, as radio contemporaries, as a producer, as a host, you name it. He is a uh, former mayor of the city of San Diego and, of course... Of course, ladies and gentlemen, a nationally syndicated talk show host. He's Roger Hedgecock, and he joins us now. How are you, Roger? Hey, Brett, doing well. Down here in the Apple Orchard working. You know, I'm an essential worker now in agriculture, and so I'm out here working. You're keeping America fed and those apples flowing, and that's what matters uh, absolutely 100%. Um, I, I note that you're in the orchard, so you're not in lockdown? Wait a minute. Hold on. Do I need to dispatch uh, some some official government force to come and uh, check your papers, Raj? What's going on with this lockdown that's making everybody stir-crazy? Well, stir-crazy is, is right. <laughs> Good grief. I mean, one of the aspects of it, of course, is driving some parents crazy, is, is homeschooling, right? Homeschooling. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, 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 and in our, our neighborhood, it's gone pretty well. We've had a couple of kids expelled for fighting and one of the teachers was uh, fired for drinking on the job. But other than that, you know, it's going pretty good. Good, good stuff. All right. Now, 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 in all seriousness, let's look at this here for a quick second. All right. The, the, the issue surrounding this shutdown order and you can't go out and you can't go. I mean, look, in Michigan, you can't buy seeds to plant. You would be out of business, Raj. Um, it's, 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 it's really crazy. What does this reveal about some of these, uh, you know, authority figures? You were an authority figure in the city of San Diego. You were you were the mayor of a city, a border city. You had substantial challenges that could exist on a day by day basis, and you'd have to manage those along with the county commission, and and you'd have to figure out how you're going to manage that sort of stuff. But but are we starting to see these uh, like kind of quasi tin pot dictators showing up in mayoralties and and governors' offices? What do you think about the performance so far of say Gavin Newsom or Eric Garcetti or Widmer in Michigan or or uh, or Cuomo in New York. Well, the the, the uh, governor of Michigan <clears throat> appears to be someone who used to be the president of a homeowners association. Uh, they're taking the <laughs> approach. Yes, <laughs> but I but I, I do think that Gavin Newsom is is for California. You know, uh, California voters. Uh, he's doing well. What was the poll? Eighty three percent approval yep. and so forth. But uh, but he's taking a more collaborative approach than the Michigan governor. And some of these governors appear to just be. You know, a uh, little, um, you know, authoritarian figures uh, in waiting here, just just pouncing on this thing. Uh, and then, there, of course, there was Nancy Pelosi showing us her freezer full of ice cream. That was, oh, I my that was cool. oh, my gosh. But, uh, you know, it's a it's a situation in which uh, the best and worst of us comes out. Isn't that true of any crisis? You know, yes. You, you see the people helping people and you just love the, uh, the response you're getting in the community, particularly in the community, particularly at the neighborhood level. But at the political level and the media level, listen, I have a proposal, serious proposal. I think as we're shutting things down, you know, and and shutting things down that are non-essential, I think this country would be so much better off if the national media would just take a 30-day shutdown. Oh, so very nice. So you're going to unemploy uh, Jim Acosta and uh, the folks at MSNBC and uh, uh, Anderson Cooper, the whole whole lot of them, huh? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think they just ought to go back home. Uh, get in their sweatpants, you know, put their feet up mm-hmm. and be part of the, the effort of America, you know, watching Netflix and, and the rest. Of it. Now, 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 wait a minute, Raj. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. In crisis, <laughs> there is opportunity and there is opportunity yeah. to flex the muscle. Right. Uh, that's that's oh, what yeah. a lot of this comes down to. And 
you and I were talking, uh, you know, offline when we were talking about you coming on the show and, 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 and breaking things down. You raised a concern and an alarm that I think has been raised by a, a number of people in private. And that is, is this some sort of a get the kinks out kind of a dry run for when we really got to clamp down on people? We got to really make sure they're going to toe the line and behave themselves because there will come a time where they're going to make us turn and cough into our iPhones to determine whether or not we have COVID, Raj. Well, and that, I think that's coming. What a what a dramatic turnaround from the uh, free republic we used to be. Uh, can can everybody feel this? I mean, this is a different country. When they can say with a straight face and with no fear that there's going to be a lot of opposition, that you're going to now be mandatory tested, and depending on the outcome of the test, you will receive some kind of a mark, some kind of a yep. code, some some way of showing your ID in that regard. Well. This is the, the prototype, well, this is what's going on in, in, in China right now. I mean, every, every citizen, I mean, one point, what is it, 1.4 billion people, That's every right. citizen is now going to be tracked as to their movements. And if they are a carrier, everyone they come into contact with will be tracked. Well, that sort of thing is, <laughs> makes Orwell seem tame. It, it does. But what I'm also concerned about is this investment and it, uh, here, I, I want to say this. Anthony Fauci's an important medical person, but he's a person who's a doctor who has opinions and, and he shares them with the world. I am seeing such a Fauci bubble because all the hopes and dreams of progressive leftists and people in the media are attached to him as the counterweight to the president. And uh, what, what I worry about is Anthony Fauci has been elected to nothing. I mean, he'd be a wonderful senator or congressman if he wants to be, but at the end of the day, he's a guy that works with the infectious disease controls of our country, uh, and, and he's not accountable to anybody but the president. If the president wanted to fire him, I guess. But, but he's unelected, and he has an immense amount of power, Raj. Yes, well, he does. And, and let's trace that back to the source. Uh, he was given that pulpit by Donald Trump. Right. Trump turns around, and we've talked before about this. One of, one of the things, and many things I like about Donald Trump, there's some things I don't like about Donald Trump, and one of the things I criticize about Donald Trump, because as you mentioned, I was an uh, executive very small city, uh, is, is you've got to put together a team. You have, to be a, uh, you have to be able to coach a team. You've got to be able to inspire a group of people to your agenda. Um, Trump has been too quick with the name calling, too quick with the, you know, and alienated a bunch of people he didn't need to. Mm-hmm. And I think he, he, when he turned in a crisis, he's got to turn to somebody because he's not a doctor. He's got to turn to somebody and say, OK, what the, what the heck's going on and what do we do? And when he did, there was nobody there. Uh, you know, so he, so here, here comes Fauci going, oh, here's my chance, you know, mm-hmm. to advance this idea that even the loss of one person's life is worth it to shut down the entire economy. Well, you know, one life is important. Every life is important. Sure. Uh, all lives matter, as we used to say, in contrast right. to the other. Um, so all lives matter. Of course they do. But you don't shut down the whole economy because then a whole lot of other lives become endangered as well. So uh, Fauci is, is looking at it from the medical standpoint. Donald Trump desperately needs a team of people, and maybe Mnuchin and some of the others are, are part of that team, to make sure that you balance that against the, the greater good. I mean, I used to have a theory in politics that you try to do something that will have the best positive impact for the greatest number of people. And if you adhere to that rule, then you don't let the tail wag the dog. You don't let one unfortunate death close down 
and 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 uh, and steal the wealth and mm-hmm. and the well-being and the and the and the livelihood of of millions and millions of people. Roger Hedgecock joining us here on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Fi- okay, so a final question for you. So let's get down to brass tacks. We're now at least two, maybe four trillion dollars into spending to to combat the coronavirus. We just blew through three hundred and forty nine billion dollars in the Paycheck Protection Small Business uh, uh, Program to help keep people solvent, for lack of a better word. We've got stimulus checks going out of plenty, and you've got Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer rejecting the idea of adding more funds to that SBA program. At the end of the day, who's going to be held more to account? The president for trying to keep the economy working through the small businesses, 99 million small businesses in America right now, or or Speaker Pelosi, who's trying to get money and power sent to the governors. How do you think that ultimately cuts? Well, it's going to cut against both, and it's going to cut against the Democrats in a way they don't they don't uh, understand yet because they never have understood small business, which is the employer of most Americans. You know, it comes right down to it. Most Americans have a job in a place that's 50 or, or, or fewer employees. So, yes, so politically, contrast this, what's going on now, the hyper-partisanship, the hyper-name-calling, et cetera, to the attitude of the nation and the political structure and the Democrats and Republicans in the wake of 9-11-2001, when they were singing the Star Spangled Banner on the right. steps of the Capitol building. Uh, you don't see that today. This is not a crisis that has united America at the political and media and elite level. It's united America at the community level. I've never seen a community, and mm-hmm. I've, you know, mm-hmm. I live in a rural one now and in an urban one as well. I've never seen communities coming together like they do at that community level. But at the political level, this is an embarrassment. And, yes, it is a power grab by the Democrats who have their agenda. They never let a crisis go to waste, as Rahm Emanuel said. Um, And and so, you know, sure, they're pushing all kinds of things they would otherwise maybe not uh, have a chance to get. The president is, you know, back to his his thing of name-calling and making enemies and passing the Mm -hmm. buck and not not accepting a, a lot of responsibility. But I'll tell you, the whole political system does not look good today. So in some, Raj, we could say, rather than a pox on both your houses, a virus on both your houses. Amen. I mean, you know, take a a breather. Maybe Congress should not only do remote uh, voting, they should just do remote. You know, along with the media. I think Anderson Cooper and, and Nancy ought to hole up somewhere. That ought to be. That's the answer. Roger Hedgecock, it's great to hear you, man. It's great to get your takes on this. I appreciate you so much uh, coming by on the Armstrong and Getty Show. I look forward to us uh, chatting further uh, uh, in camera, as they say, Roger. Been a pleasure, Brett. Thank you. All the best. Roger Hedgecock checking in. I'm Brett Witterbull in for Jack and Joe. It's the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. And I'm Brett Witterbull, in for Jack and Joe on the Armstrong and Getty Show. So no doubt there are people out there who are tuning into the Armstrong and Getty Show saying, who is this guy? Who's this guy, Brett, that's uh, sitting in the seat that's taking over? Look, nobody works harder in broadcasting than Jack and Joe. And I've been friends with them for years. Uh, my first acquaintance with Jack and Joe was, uh, was back uh, on a personal level at 760 KFMB in San Diego, where I did afternoon drive for about five years. And uh, we would do a lot of live events. 
uh, around the country, and I always loved getting together with Jack and Joe. Any chance I could at the conventions, at the meetings, at the get get-togethers, and and we developed a, a very nice, friendly relationship. And uh, I, I I find their humor awesome, their energy great, and their irreverence about the single best thing like that there is because there should be no sacred cows in in a free and open democracy. There should be no sacred cows. You know, I believe that all of those amendments in the Bill of Rights were put there on purpose for a reason. And think about the fight we just had this week. And think about the genius of the Founding Fathers to have the Tenth Amendment in the Constitution that says, hey, anything that we don't say the federal government can do, they can't do. The states get to do all that stuff. So states don't get to do treaties or declare war they don't get to regulate interstate commerce they, they don't get to uh, coin their own money or issue citizenship all that stuff is reserved to the federal government but the states the states the 50 states you are the president of the united states are hugely important and often overlooked and for the life of me as somebody who who loves this country so much i've lived in so many different places growing up in the West Texas town of El Paso, going to college in Boston, working in New York and L.A. and San Diego, and now uh, where I am at WBT. The, the thing is, I love this country because of what we can be, but I also love that we don't take ourselves too seriously. A woman can sell a face mask with penises on it to get people to stay back from her. That's America. That's outstanding. I'm not wearing one. I'm not buying one. But that's outstanding. You know, I'm a guy who believes in the First Amendment and that that First Amendment exists because the Second Amendment is the insurance policy. But I also understand that we have rights to privacy and to be secure in our possessions, that we have right rights to know who our accusers are, and that if we are accused, we get a speedy trial that adjudicates us and that we can get out on bail. I believe in that Second Amendment because it's necessary. Not because it's about hunting. I'm a parent of a couple of teenagers. I understand the struggles. I understand the challenges that are out there. But I also understand that at the end of the day, we're kind of all in this together. One of my favorite memories in my life was the day that I found out I was going to be a father to my first child, my daughter, and how that changes you internally in your DNA and your RNA. You become a different person. And I remember thinking about, for the first time in my life, needing to think about something bigger than me, more responsibly than me. Certainly, I cared extremely emotionally about my wife and my family and all that but when you are now responsible for a second for a next generation it changes you right it changes you but i also understand that what makes america great and strong is the people it's not the government it's not the big fancy buildings in state capitals or downtown or 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 in washington dc what makes america what we are is the people and we got some weirdos in this country but that makes it great America, you hear oftentimes, is an idea. Well, in many ways, we get the 
chance to write our own story and our own idea every single day. And my favorite thing is talking to Americans. My second favorite thing is trying to make sense of what the president says sometimes. And the chances that I get to interpret that for my listeners or for you is a gift in so many ways. Let me give you a little bit of Mr. President Donald Trump from last night talking about rejuvenating the economy. I don't think this is one of his better answers, but I still want to play it. Cut number 43. We took the greatest economy in the history of the world and we closed it in order to win this war. And we're in the process of winning it now. Our approach outlines three phases in restoring our economic life. We are not opening all at once, but one careful step at a time. And some states will be able to open up sooner than others. Some states are not in the kind of trouble that others are in. Now that we have passed the peak in new cases, we're starting our life again. We're starting rejuvenation Mm -hmm. of our economy again Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in a safe and structured and very responsible fashion. Okay. I never want to hear that said again about the American economy, that we, the government, are going to rejuvenate. We, the government, are going to allow to open. We, the government, are going to. Government is force. Government is force. Government is not liberation. That's the core thing that I believe. Coming up, Rick Unger, Brett Whittable, Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Brent Whittable in for Jack and Joe on the Armstrong Getty Show. So I figured this would be a perfect opportunity to reach my hands across the aisle to a very good friend of mine. I don't think we agree on a lot when it comes to political solutions, but we're never disagreeable. He is the host of The Rick Unger Show, and I am Brett Whittable, his friend, over on the other side of the aisle. Uh, Rick Unger, welcome to the program. How are you? I am just fine, Brent Winterbill, my friend. <laughs> now I know you're in the uh, you're you're kind of in the epicenter of this storm. People may not know you're you're in New York, and you're in the epicenter of of, of this uh, of this awful COVID uh, storm. Uh, what's the sense there? Take people in, uh, get them a sense of of how it is that that it's going. Is there mass panic in the streets, or have people kind of resolved themselves to a, to a siege like mentality? Well, there's definitely not mass panic, but there's also not very many people in the streets. I mean, what we see here in New York and we've gotten accustomed to is just something we've never seen. You can shoot a cannon down some of our major avenues and you're not going to hit anybody because there's nobody there. Uh, As for the siege mentality, I think people are getting used to it. I mean, I know I have. I haven't been out literally in weeks. Whoa. You know. Whoa. What's that? I said, no. wow, that's yeah. incredible. Wow. Um, well, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate. I can go to work uh, without having to leave my building. My radio studio is nine stories above my apartment. Oh, so you've got so it going I don't on. have to leave. You got yeah. Rick, Rick Unger's got it going on. All right. Let me, let me, uh, let's dive into the, into the meat and potatoes politicking of what it is that's going on here. So right now, we see this SBA uh, fund that had $349 billion in it a, uh, a week ago, is now basically been drained. Uh, we have two very hardened positions among Republicans and Democrats who don't want 
to give up the positions that they that they have staked out. I mean, it's politics. They're politicians. It's going to happen. What do we do to help these small business people? Because there's a lot of Rick Ungers and Brett Witterbulls all around this country who, who are suffering and worried and don't want to have to furlough or fire employees. They want to just get back to work and just make it happen. How, how, do, we, how do we bridge this seemingly unbridgeable divide? Well, you know what we're seeing, Brent, what we have seen for so many years on our Congress, and I'm including both sides of that aisle, yep. our Congress can't seem to ever do anything unless it is beyond the last minute of a crisis. I mean, we used to see this with uh, we were going to go over the debt cliff, right? And, right? and at the last second, they would resolve it. Well, now they continue to, to go up to that last second. We just don't notice anymore. We are noticing what's happening here. I can tell you without naming any names, I have had some pretty strong conversations with some people in the Democratic leadership saying this is not the time to be playing chicken. I understand both sides are playing politics here. Right. And a lot of this has to do with things that did not make it in to the last stimulus bill, the $2 trillion bill, and things that did make it in over the objection of some Democrats. They're still playing out that game. But while they're playing out that game, as you correctly point out, you've got a lot of people around this country who need to get their hands on that help. This has to end. When you when you look at this, um, normally this would be getting hashed out now through the process of a presidential election. The, the Democrats have got their 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 nominee is going to be Joe, Vice President Biden. The Republicans are going to have President Trump. And, and normally there'd be competing rallies, and you would have a you'd have like that 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 steam release, right? That 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 pent up uh, energy release at those rallies and the ads and the fighting and the back and forth. But it feels to me like we've had this artificial stoppage. And basically, the, the, the pipe is backed up and it's all backing up in everybody else's living rooms being played out on TV with press conferences at noon and six and eight, you know, across the day and across the night. And that becomes the new normal. That becomes the new political fight. And, and that may be entertaining for you and me as, as talk show hosts to watch that and comment on that and play the clips. That doesn't, that doesn't get anywhere closer. The, does the president, does the president need to call Speaker Pelosi or call Leader Schumer, do they need to do some kind of a Zoom meeting or an intervention and just have it out, call each other every name in the book, and then just get back to work? Well, yeah. I mean, that's the easy answer. And it, it's not just President Trump. Actually, I have to say, President Trump has shown far more willingness uh, from the, the uh, sources that I speak to. He has shown far more willingness to allow other things into what we'll call this 3.5 uh, stimulus bill than Mitch McConnell has. I think this particular fight is much more between Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell. And as I say, it has to end. Now, as to yeah. the other part of what you said, I think the president is still having his uh, his uh, rallies and he's <laughs> having them on TV every day. Well, no, yes, he is. I mean, he's obviously now he's starting to bring in. I mean, you got to love the video clips and the elements and the I mean, it, it's got a little bit well, of W. I don't have to love them. You might love them. I get no, but, but what I'm saying is it's got a <laughs> WWE vibe about it. Right. I mean, doesn't it? It's, yes, it's, it it's does. good for you for saying that. That's well, right. I'm, I'm an honest. I'm honest when we're talking. I'm just vicious out on Twitter like everybody else. Okay, so, 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 so let's uh, let, let, let's go to this. Let, let's talk about this because you're obviously 
you're you're a more progressive person than than I am, but we're both believers in liberties and freedom. We want freedom and we want liberties. Or how, what? How worried are you, Rick Unger, that we are going to see a permanent change in the way people interact in this country, whether it's the way we worship, the way we shop, the way we consume sports, or even when you and I see each other at, at a talkers convention and go to shake hands and have to do the chicken wing? I mean, what about that indelible change that we may be living through? for the future well it's a great question and it's going to be interesting to see i don't personally think that it'll be as dramatic uh in the long term as uh as some might think look we've been through this before actually in 1918 of course i was there at the time i'm an old guy (laughs) you weren't but 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 you know what none of that stuck with us we still live the way that we lived before we hit this pandemic There's going to be a couple of years, I think, of of people behaving differently maybe than they did beforehand. Maybe some things will stick. Maybe we won't shake hands any longer. We'll do, as you say, the chicken wing. Um, But I don't think it'll be substantial. Once we get past the pandemic, however long that takes, once we get the economy back on its feet, however long that takes, it's going to stay with us in the same way that 9-11 is still with you and I, even though it's been a number of years. It's never going to go away from, you know, whatever emotional response it triggered in us. Um, This will do the same, but I think in the long-term, life will be pretty much as it was. And actually, there may be some real benefits that we'll see resulting from this. Uh, are you optimistic that we're going to, again, I know we're, we're in a very heavily political time and there's a, it's a campaign world. I mean, we're living in an election year. Uh, are you confident that, that this bounce back will be like the V curve, like the V they talk about that, okay, we've gone down and we'll just come right back up? Are we going to be able to reinflate no. this balloon? You think it's going to take longer? It's going to take much longer. My estimate is about three years. There's, there's no wow. way. Uh, And anybody who's who's pretending that we're going to be able to have a uh, V-shaped recession, no, Mm -hmm. not a chance. Uh, It's got to take time. I mean, look, we've never experienced this kind of an economic problem before. So just figuring it out, I'm afraid, is going to take some time. It's not going to be as simple as, all right, we get all the stores open again, because you're still going to have the problem of people who are afraid to go out. Uh, and that's going to last longer, I think, than people want to realize. And that will be part of the problem. It's going to take some time, hopefully less than three years, but I think it could take up to three years. Okay. And if, so th- this is the final question for you. I'm going to take you back out west. We're going to go out to the west coast here, okay? And, and we're going to look You're at. You're going to go to the, my old neighborhood, go, go Santa to your Monica? Going to go to your old neighborhood in Santa Monica. I'm going to take you over to the world of Hollywood, right? And the creative world that that is. Um, does this forever change the way we consume entertainment? I mean, are, are we going to go back to the model of going to the movie theaters to watch this stuff? Or is, is streaming now going to be king? You've, you have a lot of experience in the world of entertainment uh, uh, over, over at Marvel. What about that? Are, are we going to be consuming more product in home, down the pipe, rather than going to the theater in the big cushy seats moving forward? You know, and all the times I've talked to you, I think that's the best question you've ever asked. How do you like that? What a great question. I'm not going to answer it. No, I am (laughs) going to answer it. (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I actually think that will be one of the impacts. As you correctly point out, we have been on a curve for quite some time now away from movie theaters and, uh, you know, streaming 
certainly taking taking over the place of that in entertainment and how you deliver entertainment content. This will probably hasten it because we've had some experiments. We've got a couple of films that you can now get on on your television screen that were actually released in a movie theater one week before. Uh, when they realize, uh-oh, look what just happened. Nobody's coming to the movie theater. So the companies that have those films out are getting the opportunity to see how the economics of that work. I think you're going to see the economics work out pretty well. Uh, I think movie theaters in the future will be pretty much restricted to people wanting to go out on their first dates and needing a place to go. So they might go to the movies or wanting to see it on an even bigger screen. But it is going to impact on it. Yes. Great stuff. So happy to catch up with you, my friend, and uh, look forward to getting to see you in person uh, at some point down the road. He is Rick Unger, host of The Rick Unger Show. And that, that's a that's a that's podcast available as well, right? Uh, yes, we do release a podcast of it. That's good stuff. Rick Unger. Follow him on Twitter. Rick Unger is a great guy. And uh, he puts up with my nonsense, and, and I like talking to him. So thanks for coming by on the Armstrong and Getty Show, Rick. <laughs> Always a pleasure, man. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, buddy. I appreciate you. That's Rick Unger checking in. I'm Brett Witterbull. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Brett Winterbull in for Armstrong and Getty on the Armstrong and Getty Show. This has been a, a wonderful uh, a journey that I've gotten to take for the last couple of hours, a few hours. And, and it's uh, always wonderful to be able to peruse the amazing news that's out there that you sometimes may not pay quite enough attention to. Exhibit A. When's the last time you thought about Johnny Depp? Other than with Amber Heard. But when's the last time you, you thought about Johnny Depp? You probably haven't thought about Johnny Depp in a while. And Johnny Depp senses that. Johnny Depp senses that you're not thinking about him. So he decided to go out in this dark, dark time of COVID and coronavirus and shutdowns and stimulus and empty cupboards no longer filled with cash. Johnny Depp decided to launch an Instagram channel to go out with this important message of hope let's give it a listen and i know for the moment it feels like both of our hands are tied behind our backs and to some degree they are but our minds are unbound and our hearts are not chained and we can care and through caring we will help each other and we will prevail. See, when I hear this, I mean, I get what he's going for. He's going for a dramatic, statesmanlike performance and moment that will live through the generations. I get it. But when I listen to it, it actually, to me, sounds like a speech you would give to a hostage in a movie. It sounds to me like somebody is chained to a chair, and he has a sword in his hand, and he's giving them sort of a final thought about things. That is, that is what that sounds like to me. That sounds to me like, I'm sorry, I, don't, I hate to do this, but I love to twin spin this. Um, Michael, can you, can you fire this up again? And I want people to envision 
as he as you hear this, the doors, the song The End by the Doors, that part where Jim Morrison is talking about the killer awoke before dawn. He put his boots on. Um let's listen to Johnny Depp again with the doors music in our head. Go. And I know for the moment it feels like both of our hands are tied behind our backs. And to some degree, they are. But our minds are unbound and our hearts are not chained. And we can care. And through caring, we will help each other and we will prevail. I got to be honest with you. It could be a Doors, it could be the Doors riff from the end, but I really do think it's the hostage tape. I think it's Johnny Depp walking around in a basement, maybe with some odd paint markings on his face, um, with a hostage. But in this case, America's the hostage. Instagram's the hostage. That is not an, that is not an inspirational speech by any way, shape, or form. But that's okay. See, what we're learning is these celebrities, under normal circumstances, are the coolest cats in the room. And what they are now is desperate for attention, because nobody's paying attention. TMZ is not standing out in the parking lot of a restaurant in Hollywood saying, Excuse me, Mr. Depp, excuse me, what do you think about the coronavirus? What do you think about this? No, because Johnny Depp is left to his own devices, quite literally his own devices, in his, uh, in his apartment. And I just I sit there and I think to myself, hmm. What it must be like, what it must be like to be stuck in that situation. And then my sympathy immediately drains out of that reservoir because you have all these folks sitting in apartments in New York City, sitting in houses up and down our West Coast, wondering what the future brings. And you've got people like Speaker Pelosi showing off her ice cream collection. Showing off her ice cream collection. In fact, maybe we take the Johnny Depp speech... And we intersperse that with Nancy Pelosi showing off her ice cream collection, in which she says we can enjoy all the chocolate ice cream we want, and he can say, well, it's just our hearts are unchained, and our ice cream is free, and we can enjoy the bounties of wealth. See, because as rough as Johnny Depp might have it, or Speaker Pelosi, or anybody else, at the end of the day, they're very wealthy people, fabulously wealthy people, able to get almost anybody on the phone that they want, to make whatever demand they want, and they can probably get what they need. But you know what? As I think about this, it's you and me that are in this together. And those folks are operating like the clowns in the rodeo in the middle of the ring, diving into the barrel. We're the people that are out there without a barrel to dive into. But we know how to survive because we are resilient. We're resilient. All right, Michael, what do we have uh, what do we have happening here? Oh, uh, time for oh. final thoughts. Time for final thoughts already. Armstrong and Getty announced the boarding of the Final Thoughts Express. All right, Michael. All right. Joe and Jack promised me that if I worked today, I'd get a gourmet breakfast. They left me a top ramen and a granola bar. No! You guys should be ashamed of yourself. Mm. Top ramen and a granola bar. That's a final thought. That's a wonderful final thought. All right, here's my final thought. Growing up in West Texas, I read a story of a man who set his van on cruise control, then climbed in the back to take a nap. The next thing you knew, he woke up upside down in the desert. 
in his van. A nation as great as that, that can also at the same time develop an atomic weapon out in the middle of New Mexico, is a nation that can give birth to a woman in Utah selling a mask adorned with phalluses. That's my final thought. I think it works. I want to extend my appreciation to the great, the great Jack and Joe. They are Armstrong and Getty. And also, of course, to Mike Hansen and Mike Bechtolder, who have helped me put this show together today and give my all, which still will not measure up to the amazing performance of Armstrong and Getty on even their worst day. My name is Brett Witterbull. If you care to check me out, I'm over on WBT in North Carolina and Charlotte. It has been a pleasure and an honor to hang out with you, and I hope I get to do it again. Remember, folks, we're one day closer to liberation. I'm Brett Witterbull. It is the Armstrong and Getty Show. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from Matt Landing, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun. Now the time has come to go. If this still clown was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. See you some other time! <laughs> <laughs> <sighs>